Amen. Uh, this morning, I will be reading from 2 Samuel chapter 24, verses 1 through 9. That's 2 Samuel chapter 24, verses 1 through 9. It reads, Again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he incited David against them, saying, Go number Israel and Judah. So the king said to Joab, the commander of the army, who was with him, Go through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, and number the people, that I may know the number of the people. But Joab said to the king, May the Lord your God add to the people a hundred times as many as they are, while the eyes of the Lord the king still see it. But why does my Lord the king delight in this thing? But the king's word prevailed against Joab and the commanders of the army. So Joab and the commanders of the army went out from the presence of the king to number the people of Israel. They crossed the Jordan and began from Arar and from the city that is in the middle of the valley toward Gad and on to Jazer. Then they came to Gilead and to Kadesh in the land of the Hittites. And they came to Dan, and from Dan they went around to Sidon. And they came to the fortress of Tyr, and to all the cities of the Hivites and Canaanites, and they went out to the Najib of Judah to Beersheba. So when they had gone through all the land, they came to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and twenty days. And Joab gave the sum of the numbering of the people to the king. In Israel there were 800,000 valiant men who drew the sword, and the men of Judah were 500,000. Thank you, Pastor Finn. Good morning, church. Um, welcome to the online service. All right, my name is uh, Stephen, one of the pastors here, and I'm delighted to share uh, this message with you. And Happy New Year, by the way. Um, and I, hope, I really hope that this, will, this year will be a, a new beginning on many levels for a lot of you, even for ourselves and the church and the world. I mean, you know, we are experiencing world pandemic. There's no, that's no news. But I do hope and pray that uh, this will be a brighter year uh, for you, for our world. And, and now we kind of know how to live responsibly in this world. Uh, masking, you know, we have masks here and social distancing. I hope uh, those will be in effect uh, in great ways. As you think about yourself, I, I pray that, um, that your disappointments, I'm sure we have a lot of disappointments this past year in 2020, that it will be fruitful in this new year. Uh, even for our church, we're going through a lot of changes, and, and we're looking into this new beginning. You know, we're, we're merging like-minded congregation into one, and, and it's going to be an exciting year for S-City Church. And, and you know, uh, Pastor Finn mentioned pa- Proverbs 3. Uh, Proverb 27 comes to mind, and I, I love this verse. As iron sharpens iron, so one sharpens another. You know, as, as one congregation and another congregation come together, and we sharpen each other, and the kingdom gets more focused, and, and we could do a lot more for God's kingdom. So a lot of exciting things are happening for 2021, I hope it will be for you as well. All right. You know, as you think about New Year, you know, for many, New Year's is a, uh, a, a time. It's a symbol, really, uh, of new beginnings, right? Of new, a fresh start, sort of like turning over a, a new leaf. And, um, and you get a new chance, a new uh, you know, a new start in life. And, and, 
And I tell you, we love New Year's, and you know, uh, I don't know if you stayed up midnight and watched uh, Times Square, but uh, it's not the same. And 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 I wish it were the same. I'm, 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 I wish it were that simple that we could just turn over the calendar and say, ah, new fresh start. Simon Sinek, um, he writes a lot and talks a lot of organizations of how to do uh, their organizations well. And he wrote a, a book uh, called The Infinite Game. He talks a lot about that. And, and an infinite game is, is, is an idea where he teaches um, that, that rules and, and, and uh, how things are done are not just static. However, they're dy- dynamic and it, it continues. It's an infinite game that he calls it. And this is one of the quotes that he says. He says, I look at social media and see people expressing how glad that they are that, that 2020 is over. Except it's not, he says. Not in the sense of the infinite game. Yes, we are passing a calendar, calendar that marks an infinite race after a particularly grueling leg. But listen to this sentence. But the race is not over. And I like that. Because I wish, again, I wish it were simple that, that, that 2021 just washes away everything that preceded that this year, 2020, right? And we get this fresh start. But like uh, Simon Sinek says, or like Simon says, <laughs> the race is not over. And so we continue, all right? Um, well, I want to take this opportunity to tie in this uh, New Year idea that we've been saying. And with the sermon that we've been doing last year is on heroes, and the title is Heroes, Flipping the Script. And what we've been doing is watching and, and studying and looking at Old Testament figures, a lot of people that you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and all these kinds of people, and, and how God used them in the Old Testament as heroes. Um, and, and, but we're flipping that script because ultimately Jesus is our hero. And last time, last time we uh, looked at this series, we left off with King David. And in a sense, this was before he was king. Um, uh, he, we looked at the, the, the uh, earlier part of his life, the early David. Today, what I want to do is uh, look at the latter reign of his uh, reign, uh, his kingship, King David. And uh, again, David affectionately known as a man after God's heart, right? So uh, here's what I want to do. I want to do it in three points. I want to talk about, um, first, the title of this message is called Finishing Well, and that's really the emphasis. So first point, starting well versus finishing well. Then uh, I want to show you the signs of not finishing well that we're going to glean from David's life. And then finally, apply that, all right? So First one, starting well versus finishing well. Let me tell you, get to the chase and tell you uh, the theme of this message. And if you don't hear anything else, listen to this. It is better to finish well than starting well. And this is important because like all of us, especially our culture, we like to start things well. And then we don't think about how it ends. I don't know if you are into football, but this is football season. If you love football, you're very excited because that was the play playoffs is coming together and all that. And uh, I know half of you watching this don't even care about football, but that's okay. But because we all watch the Super Bowl, don't we? I remember won the Super Bowl in 2017. It was the Atlanta Falcons versus the New England Patriots. You guys remember that game? And if you were a Falcons fan, you would want to forget this game because what happened was Patriots won 34 to 28. But what's interesting is how they won. Now, when we were watching this, I remember we were gathering with a whole bunch of people, and, uh, and I'm from Atlanta, so I 
guess I had to root for the Falcons. So I did. I was the only one rooting for the Falcons. And it was exciting because at the first half, show this next slide. Um, this is how the uh, point distribution and the percentage distribution of their uh, winning was happening. Uh, in the beginning, uh, uh, the first half, Atlanta was killing them. And by, by halftime, the score was 21 to 3 Falcons. And if you look at this graph, the percentage of New, uh, New England winning, and, and you see the percentage of uh, the Falcons winning, you see the, uh, the graph there. And by halftime, uh, the graph goes down because the Falcons had 98.7% of winning this game. And I was like so excited, okay? Now, when the second half began, uh, Atlanta scores again. Now it was 28-3. And uh, this time, if you look at the winning percentage, 99.4% of Falcons winning the Super Bowl. I mean, it, to me, if there is 99.4% of anything, it's a done deal. And so I thought, but as history says, uh, at the end of regulations, the top Patriot ties the game. And at the end of the game, uh, in Old Testament, uh, uh, Patriots scores a touchdown, and they win. 34 to 28. What a, what a disappointing loss for Falcon fans. Now, here's a couple of lessons that I learned. Two. Number one, uh, don't root for Atlanta again. All right? Number two, what was in my mind was something that I knew well, is that the second lesson is the important lesson, finishing well is so much more important than starting well. Well, having said all that, last year, again, we looked at David, young David, before he was crowned king. And there were a lot of promising attributes about David. God blessed him and eventually became king. And uh, most likely you've heard many sermons about King David. And we preached it here in our, in our pulpit, how he defeated Goliath, and he wrote a bunch of psalms, and he was righteous, even being pursued unrighteously by Saul. And, and there's so many stories like that, right? And so most likely, you're, everyone's approval rating of David is really high, because he's a good guy. He's a, he's a man after God's own heart. Who doesn't want to like a guy like that? But at the same time, we know he's not perfect, and we always preach about a story of, of, of his infidelity with Bathsheba, and, and that's an adulterous affair. But then, the, in his moral failure, he repents, and Psalm 51 is written, and, uh, and we understand and we learn how to deal with our moral failings. And then his approval rating is, rating is still high because that's how you do it. And this is the kind of uh, person that we know about David. So, so whenever you think of King David, it's, a, it's very positive. But there's a story post Bathsheba, okay, after those incidences, the latter part of David's reign as king of Israel, um, that I would venture that you have not heard too many sermons about um, because most are not too familiar with the latter part of his reign because you know why? It's not very good. Not only that, David does not end well. Today we read uh, 2 Samuel chapter 24. That's the last chapter of 1 and 2 Samuel which talks about uh, David's uh, career. And there were essentially a lot of good stuff 
However, if you turn the page, the next book in the Bible is 1 Kings. And in 1 Kings chapter 1, it begins uh, uh, David, not as young and vibrant, but he's old and frail. What you find David is that it, it is a pitiful picture of David in his old age. He is so frail that he had to find another woman, a beautiful woman out of all his kingdom. Her name is uh, Abishag. And, and she would, her job was to be with him at nights just, just to keep him warm. Despite the wives and many wives and concubines that he had. And furthermore, in the, while he's doing that, 1 Kings chapter 1 shows that there was a, a fight for power for his throne even before he died. And one of his sons, Adonijah, declares himself king while his father is old and frail. And Adonijah, Adonijah attempts a coup against his father's administration. And when you find this, in the end, uh, uh, one of his sons that he chose to be king, and that is Solomon, which we'll talk about next week, the rightful king, he comes and kills Adonijah, prevents this coup. There's so much drama here. This is what happened after post uh, post. Bathsheba, and it's so, so uh, intriguing that I'm sure Netflix would capture this, and they would easily have five seasons, easily. <laughs> There's so much drama there. The question is, how did he get that way? Second point, signs of not finishing well. David, again, I want to emphasize he's a man after God's own heart, right? That's what we know about him, but, but a man after... His family's heart, David, was not. A very important sign of how you're not finishing well or that you're not even doing well. I would even say that he was a horrible father. Again, this David that we um, speak well about, an absentee dad, right, who was, who was praised by everyone in this kingdom except from his multiple children and his multiple wives. We don't hear too much about them. David allowed conflict among his sons to plunge into uh, his family, and it becomes, becomes a tragedy. And this is, these are some of the stories. His oldest son, Amnon, violates and shamed his half-sister. And you can see that in Second uh, Samuel chapter 13. And, 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 and Tamar, her full brother... Uh, Absalom hated Amnon for doing that to his sister, but he kept quiet. And what you find is that David, here's, here's the most grievous thing about this whole thing. King David, his children going, doing all these kinds of things, knew about it, but you know what he did? He ignored the matter, and he didn't do anything about it. And it does not end well. So Amnon and Absalom, they go on a trip to a country together, and Absalom filled his brother with wine, and he was drunk, and then he had his servants murder him. Absalom then takes revenge and takes this anger to a different level, on another level, by forcibly taking the throne of his father. And he used unspeakable actions that, again, Netflix would have no problem showing graphically, which is lies, sex, violence, murder of his own father, and the attempt. I mean, you can go on and on of what, what, what was happening. But in the end, we see Absalom, again, David's son that he loves, who's trying to kill him, right? Uh, he's, he dies, not in battle, but his neck gets caught in a tree, 
and he's dangling there, and then someone kills him. Very pitiful and humiliating kind of death. Well, the whole point, just to say, is that this internal conflict in David's family, his royal administration, even his army, they all, the entire nation gets engulfed in this civil war because of King David, right? And Israel gets split into two. That's the result of that. There's the north and the south, Judah and Israel. Well, family deterioration was a huge sin that David, uh, I'm sorry, it was a huge sign that David was not doing well. But there's another sign that is harder to detect, detect. And this is what we read in 2 Samuel chapter 24. It is a subtle sign that his heart was turning away from God, all right? And turning away from God, because that's what we, you know, we know David as a, a man who's after God's heart. But what we see in the latter part of his reign is that his, his heart was turning towards himself such that he was serving the personal idol of ego, even King David. So in our text, what we read is that God was angry against, this, against Israel as a nation. So uh, we're told that, he, that, that God incited David to take a census. And census is counting people, and there's nothing wrong with taking census, uh, counting uh, how many people are eligible to fight, or even counting your population for taxation purposes is not bad and sinful. It's in the Bible. But we also get an insight of, of, of why this became so sinful because in the parallel um, account in First Chronicles chapter 21, we see we hear, uh, the chronicler tell us that Satan stood against Israel and Satan incited David to number is, uh, Israel. So it appears that God allowed Satan to tempt and incite David to do the census, and here it is, for his own benefit, without any regard to God and how God wants it done. Again, I want to stress that the problem was not taking the census, but how it was carried out. Listen, another important sign that you're not doing well, or you're not finishing well, or you're in, a, you're in a position that you will not finish well, is that signs are subtle, and you don't even know it. Senses, it's a good thing. But how he took the senses showed that he was not doing well. And the sin of David seemed to be twofold. Because to, to do the senses correctly, Exodus 30 uh, verse 12 tells us specifically how to do it. And it says, when you take a census, make sure you, everyone that you count pays a Lord's ransom, which isn't a, a half a shekel, just an just a, a, a economic figure for everyone to pay so that eventually a temple will be built. And here's David. Knowing this, we, he, we see no hint of David collecting money for the Lord's temple. And, and the sin number one is that there was a direct violation of his word. Number one, very subtle. Another thing that we see uh, his sin is that David's own general, Joab, well, he's freaking out. He questions David to see if it was proper to do it this way. Unfortunately, David is king, and, and, and the general, Joab, is not king, so David wins. And so Joab goes nine months to count all the people in Israel, and this action revealed David's heart that it really, he really turned into himself. So what we find for David's sin, his, his subtle sin, is the sin of hubris, 
sin of pride, arrogance, if you will, self-sufficiency. Now, you can't detect that on a simple uh, uh, meter. No one could tell you if you are suffering or dealing with a sin of hubris. There's no meter or a gauge for that. And that's why it's so overly easily looked, that is. Do you know the signs that you may not be finishing well? Do you know that? If you're sinning, that's obvious. If you just murder someone, that's kind of obvious. If you cheated someone and you know all that, yeah, that's obvious. You're going to go to jail and all that. But the subtle sins, that's what we're talking about. That's what David did not see that led him to his uh, end and how he didn't finish so well. In other words, how are your relationships? Can you really gauge that? If you're married, just like David, how are you with your family? Men, how are you with your wives? Wives, how are you with your husbands and children? Even more important, what are you doing that shows that your heart has turned away from God? Yes, you're faithful. You come online. You, you do church in whatever form it is, and you feel good about it. But, but really, is that really a heart for God? Let me ask you a deeper question. Uh, why are you so anxious? Why are you studying so hard? Why are you working so hard? Why can't you sleep at night? Hmm? Your answers, whatever they may be, it could be, and there's so many other questions I can ask, but whatever the answers are to those type of questions, these, these probing inside the heart questions, those are, however you answer it, those are the signs that your spiritual life, and if you're still in that state, it shows that you're not going, and, and that, that, that if you still persist, it's not going to end well. And, and it shows that your heart is turning away from God to other idols. That, that's why it's subtle. We can't detect that. For David, he not only, uh, he not only uh, dis, uh, uh, disobeyed by not collecting half shekel for each person counted, all right, Again, it seemed like a small thing, but this thing signified that David, it, it, it showed who he really is, that he wanted to take charge. The money that was built for the temple, he disregarded that. He wanted to count the census for himself. Listen, when you count something, you own it. <laughs> you know, you can count how many socks you have. <laughs> Those are all your socks, <laughs> your, your, your shirts, your pants, whatever. Count how many toys you have, how many homes you have, how many cars you've amassed, how, much per, how big your portfolio is. You know what I mean? That's yours. <laughs> and the more you check these accounts, the more you check how much stuff you have, the more you realize it's yours. Kids who have so many toys, they look at another kid that, 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 that uh, they don't have that toy. Mine. <laughs> you know, this is just so innate. And these are the signs that if you continue to persist in this manner, keep counting what, what you own, what is yours, my money, my stimulus check. Government, you owe me my money. <laughs> if you keep counting and get angry when you don't get it, it's not going to end well for you if you continue to not see what God requires, right? So King David fell in this manner. Yes, Satan tempted him. God allowed it. And, um, and David fell for that trap. 
felt in his own ego. Therefore, this once unbeatable, faithful, powerful man of God who had 99.4% of being the hero in the Bible, he failed. He failed greatly as a leader. In other words, David's tender heart got hardened before God towards the end of his life. I'm not saying he lost his salvation. It's not that at all. Once you are in his grace, you are in. But his influence to be the man of God, not even the beginning, but the end of his life, he lost that opportunity. So how do you apply this? How do you finish well? As so far you're hearing this, it's a very depressing message. It's not very hopeful for 2021, is it? You know? So what, what am I trying to say to the church? Well, again, what I'm, the whole message is this. The Bible shows, and what I want to emphasize is that no matter how good you start with God, Oh, man, I can't wait for new beginnings and new baptisms, fresh people coming from the realm of darkness into the realm of light. We're going to celebrate, and everyone's going to praise God, and they're going to honor you and say, wow, welcome to the kingdom, and you're going to be like the hero in our church. <laughs> and, and some of you, uh, you know, are, are new, experienced believers, and, and it's great to know uh, the love of God, and, and I wish we could stay in that state, emotional state, forever and ever, but it's not how you begin. We've baptized so many people in the past. Where are they now? That's what's more important. And where are you headed? And that's what God is saying. Some of you had a really bad start, and that's okay. You know, some of you, uh, and you wonder if God loves you. Of course he does. But here's the thing. How do we apply, all right, how do we finish well? How do we do this? Um, especially, uh, that's why Simon Sinek, his um, phrase is kind of, it's just ringing in my head. It's, 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 it's this infinite game. Yes, 2020 stopped. 2021 is here. Doesn't mean everything starts new. You take from what's in your past. Yes, uh, maybe you're slowing down. Maybe you have signs that you're not finishing well, but that's okay. You know what you do? You take that. And you run with it because it never stops. And you take it to a whole different level. Here's an example. One of my heroes in the year 2020 is Chris Nickick. He's 21 years old. And you know what he did? He finished an Ironman. You're like, what is that? And so what? The reason why he's my hero. Now go to slide before that. The, the reason why he's my hero because he is the first person uh, with special needs, he has Down syndrome, to finish this, 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 this thing called Ironman. And what is an Ironman? It is, it is a grueling triathlon. There's a swim, there's a bike, and there's a run portion. And you swim 2.4 miles in open water. Um, you have to then, don't take a break. You may go to the bathroom, I'm not sure. But, but you go straight into your bike, and then you, you just ride without stopping for 112 miles. And after that, you just kind of run a, a nice marathon after that. So now, for anyone to do that, it's just like, <laughs> you know. But for a person with special needs, and if you, I don't know if you know anything about Down syndrome, but they're limited in spatial capacity with balance issues, physical issues. It's really difficult. I mean, for any one of us to do that, it's just it's crazy. But for a person like Chris to do that, it is astounding. 
You know, how did he get there? How did he, why did he do that? Well, his father says after multiple surgeries, he had, again, a lot of, a lot of issues. And, and, and by that, at that time, he was like 17, 18 years old, and he was really getting depressed at life. I mean, think about it. You know, you have a condition, you ha- your future is bleak, you don't know what is going to happen, and, and, um, and so he was in a state of depression, so his, and he was gaining weight, he wasn't feeling good, so his father said, hey, let's go and take a swim. So what happened was, Nick's father encouraged him to be active, and so he went, they went to the pool, he, went, he, he swam like maybe halfway, and, uh, and he almost drowned, he couldn't do it, but what happened was, he kept trying. One, half a lap turned into a full lap, and then full lap turned into eventually hundreds of laps in the pool. Eventually, same with the bike. He keep falling down because his spatial uh, condition, but, but he started riding, kept getting better, and started running and so forth. And it's such that he was able to train six hours a day. <laughs> now, how did he do this? And how would you guys ever do anything like that? It's quite easy. The next slide shows that, that, that his coach showed him this principle called 1% better. And what that is, is this. One, oh yeah, you can't, you know, uh, you can't even swim a full length distance of a pool. That's okay. But do 1% better. So in other words, don't even try to get to the wall. Go a little further than half. Then the next day, do a little bit more. Just 1% better than yesterday. Uh, don't swim 2.4 miles. Just get in the water, number one. Or even before that, just wake up. You know, just do these things 1% better than yesterday. And that was the whole theme. And his coach showed him how to swim, how to run, and how to bike all in one sense. And, and, and he had a lot of failures. But guess what? Every day, 1% better. And he accomplished on November 7th, uh, Ironman Florida in Panama City, Florida, and he did it. The cutoff time is 17 hours, guys, and he came in at 16 hours and 40-something minutes. Isn't that amazing? I know people who did Iron Man, they couldn't even finish. But there is Chris. Um, finishing well is not, does not mean start 2021 20, with a fresh new thing. But like Simon Sinek says, it's a, it's a, it is a race that's going to continue. It's a continuation of 2020. So how do we apply this? Listen, to finish well, if you're in this sign that you're not going to do well, there is great hope for you. Because growing with Christ is a progressive, infinite gain until he comes back. There is no one who has who's arrived God is not asking us to be like the Apostle Paul or the, or the pre-Bathsheba David or any of the saints in the Bible. That's not what God is calling us to do. Instead, he's calling us to be in Christ because he's our true hero. And how do we do that? Just like this 1% better, it's really easy. Be 1% better than yesterday. In other words, the decisions that you make. In a typical day, how many decisions do we make? I don't know. It could be hundreds. Just say you have to make 100 decisions every day. Like even what time to get up. What do I eat? What should I read? What should I watch? I mean, you make all kinds of decisions. What is 1% of 100? I think it's one. I want to make sure. (laughs) Okay, it's one. In other words, if you just think about today, just make one decision, one conscious, intentional decision for God. That's it. 
That's it. Then tomorrow, along with what you made today, make another decision for God today. That's it. And if you think about that, as it has a compounding effect, it has an exponential effect such that by the end of the year, after 365 days, minus, what is today, January 3rd? I'm going to do math live. This is scary. For 362 more days, 1%, you make a decision in accumulative days, and by the end of the year, you'll be making a lot of amazing decisions for God intentionally. Think about that. So when God says, uh, and, and by that time, you'll, you'll have developed enough habits for the Lord. So God says, jump. You say, how high, Lord? God says, go. Where should I go? God says, and Holy Spirit whispers, go in and serve this family. And then you say, how much money should I give them? You know what I mean? Like, what can I do? You know, I have a lot of work to do. And God says, spend time with that. You say, okay. It's like, this is what happens. This is what 2021 can be for us. Don't think it's a fresh start that everything's going to be great. It's not. But what you can do and what God has given us is this choice. Just, if you just do 1% better, it'd be amazing what God's going to do through you. So let me pray. Father, we thank you that you are good. We thank you that, that, that you never give up on us. Father, those of us who are in a situation where we know that if we continue to behave this way and do these kind of habits, we're not going to end well. We saw it in, in one of our uh, potential heroes, David, in how he really declined. And God, would you save my brothers and sisters? Would you save me from that, Lord God? Help me to obey a little bit more better, Lord, just 1%, a little bit more obedience, oh God. I pray, Lord God, that you will, you will pour your grace and mercy on us so that as we look upon you, because despite the fact that, that we, have not, we are not doing well, you have led the way. You are a true hero. Help us, Lord, to decide to follow you a little bit more today. And may that be an accumulative effort such that by, by the time we go and be with you, you will say, welcome, Steve. Welcome, church. Welcome, every one of you and enter into my rest, good and faithful servant. And here's your crown. Oh, God, may we have that vision. May that be our Iron Man, Lord. May that be our goal to achieve. And, Lord, we can't wait for you to crown us with your righteousness. Would you do that even now today? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.